Hello, Lincoln. Hello, world. And welcome to Lavender Hill here on KZUM Lincoln, KZUM HD, 89.3 on the FM and online at KZUM.org. Perhaps you're using your handy-dandy smarter-than-a-calculator device and listening to the show on your favorite mobile listening app like TuneIn or Next Radio. Or you could be listening up to two weeks after original broadcast using the KZUM archives, which can be found online at kzum.org slash archives. However it is that you're listening, I'm glad you're here, and I hope you enjoyed Linda McRae's cover there of Heroes. All righty. Well, I am not alone today. I am joined once again by uh, Dan from Star City Pride. Hello, Dan. Helps if I hit all the right buttons. Are you there? Dan? I think I missed something somewhere. Phil, can you hear me? Now I can hear you. There you go. Hello. How hey, are you? There you are. Good. How are you? Oh, not too bad. It's like, ooh, that's even rougher than when we do Zoom. <laughs> Uh, hey it is the fun of live radio and all that so how are you doing this weekend hey not bad uh how's it how's it going there oh not too bad enjoying a uh, three-day weekend the first one in a very long time so i'm looking forward to doing absolutely nothing tomorrow same that's kind of the plan but um we're about three weeks from Star City Pride, so we're our our weekend hours are spent um, planning and and uh, you know getting things ready for the for the festival and for the parade and everything. So getting this thing yeah, printed, that thing printed. Oh, do oh, we have yeah. enough volunteers lined up? Who do we All need that. to try to recruit? Who's going to be watching what group of volunteers? All that fun stuff. I, I know I'm, I'm I'm pushing volunteers because that's what you're <laughs> on to talk about today. Yeah, we wanted to come on in, uh, and uh, kind of put out a call to action uh, to folks to sign up for volunteer shifts at Star City Pride. Uh, Star City Pride itself is all volunteer-driven. Um, the, the board, the committees, uh, the corporation itself, it's all volunteer. Uh, and the festival, the parade, uh, like our two biggest events of the year, um, is almost entirely powered by volunteers. So uh, this year we've got between 600 and 800 hours uh, of available uh, volunteer time. Um, you're figuring three or four shifts or three or four hours per shift. Um, and that gets you in, uh, that gets you your admission for the day. So come in, put a couple hours in in the morning, come back for the evening, and your admission is covered. Um, right now we've got about half filled up. We've actually had a really, really great response to, uh, to our volunteer drive so far. We've got about half of the shifts filled. Uh, you go to starcitypride.org slash volunteer and you can, um, uh, you can sign up for wherever you want to be. You want to check in folks at the front gate. Uh, you want to, uh, help keep the, the space tidy. I mean, there's all different kinds of, uh, opportunities, uh, for, for volunteers to, to step in and, Give something back to the community, uh, help make Pride fabulous, and hang out and uh, celebrate with us. Awesome. And I know there are lots of things that uh, uh, volunteers can do there. You mentioned just a few of them. And it's like, you know, I, I every year I get to see the volunteers doing their thing. Uh, a lot of them are youth volunteers. Uh, mm -hmm. Quite a few of them are, you know, college age and, you know, some retirees. So any age, really, to volunteer, yeah. to help out is, is uh, a tremendous 
tremendous thing for Star City Pride. Uh, being here at KZUM, I am very much familiar with all volunteer. We only have a few paid staff members, and that's just because, well, you've got to have some people when you're doing what we've been doing for 44 years. But yeah, all sure. the programmers are volunteers. Nobody sitting behind this microphone gets paid for what they're doing when they're behind this microphone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, we actually even have to pay to be on the air, believe it or not. We have to be members of the uh, the KZUM. Oh, uh, sure. Uh, yeah, the membership drive there and all that, which helps support uh, KZUM. So, you know, I know so much about what it's like trying to raise all those funds to get these things done that you all do with Star City Pride in, in each and every year. How many years is it now? Uh, this will be... Uh, COVID has messed up my count a little bit. Um, this will be, I believe, the 17th year. Star City Pride was founded in 2006, and that first event was maybe 100 people uh, mm -hmm. at the park. Um, yeah, so 2007 was like our first full real year to, for planning and, and executing Pride. Wow. She didn't make yeah. Christmas. Yeah, and it's all volunteers that, that, that have done it since the mm. beginning. So, I mean, um, that's how I got started in Star City Pride. Um, you know, uh, I had been involved kind of peripherally uh, as an entertainer, and I was called on to come serve when Star City Pride launched. And, uh, you know, I helped with entertainment and, and doing scheduling and lineup stuff because that's just what I knew how to do. I wasn't confident that I knew how to do any of the other stuff that needed to be done. So I mm. stepped in where I could and, you know, it's 17 years later, I'm happy to serve as the president for Star City Pride this year. Uh, it's a lot of responsibility, but it's, it's worthwhile work and, uh, and it's totally worth it at the end. So, you know, everybody's got something that they can contribute and, um, you know, be careful. We might ask you to stick around <laughs> and, uh, and, and work with us longer, you know. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I've, I've noticed that. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, it's a great organization to volunteer with. It's a great thing to do each and every year uh, to let the community know that, hey, we're here. Get used to it. There we go. That was an abbreviated version of ACT UP. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, so remind everybody again where they can go to volunteer for Star City Pride. Uh, StarCityPride.org. Uh, you can find all kinds of information about Pride itself, but you can find the link to volunteer there. Uh, or you can just go directly to StarCityPride.org slash volunteer. Uh, also, today we're putting uh, our tickets uh, for the festival uh, on the front page um, so folks can uh, get their tickets in advance. They don't have to. Um, we'll save them a little bit, of, a little bit of time in line uh, mm -hmm. rather than having to buy them on site. So, um, yeah, starcitypride.org. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, great place to check out. It sounds like uh, Ron's trying to tell you something. He, um, he's trying to tell me that uh, Pre-Pride uh, is the 16th. Um, that is uh, an event downtown. Uh, it's not at the same uh, location as, uh, as the festival, but we are downtown on June 16th for Pre-Pride kickoff. Uh, it's the Art of Pride Art Auction, and we'll also be awarding uh, our this year's Stellar Legacy uh, trophies. Uh, we each year we award uh, an organization, an individual, and um, and a pioneer uh, uh, 
uh, we award those uh, those folks, those uh, businesses and individuals. Awesome. So we'll be doing that this year on the 16th. Uh, more information and tickets available, again, at starcitypride.org. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so uh, awesomeness, awesomeness. Thanks, Ron, for uh, reminding Dan to t- bring that up. Thank you, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he's always been kind of the quiet one in the background when you're on the show. So, uh, you know, that works out quite well that he's, you know, great at reminding you about things. Don't, don't forget to sell tickets, he says. Don't, <laughs> don't forget to get volunteers, he says. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> so, hey, uh, the president of any organization needs uh, a, a good person behind them. I absolutely need the help for sure. All right, and and Ron's the best person. <laughs> All right, so uh, you two enjoy the rest of your Sunday. I'm going to let you go so that we can get going with some music and some uh, rather interesting news articles that I uh, dredged up for today. And we'll see how uh, far down the throat people have shoved their feet. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so looking forward to talking to you again sometime soon. And, of course, looking forward to Star City Pride, the parade, and the festival itself this year. So thank you again for popping in. Thanks for having me. Enjoy your weekend. All right, thank you. All righty, going to go ahead and get us kicked off here music-wise with a little Gloria Gaynor. You know, can't go wrong with her. Uh, All I need is your sweet lovin'. All righty. Well, let's get going here with some of these news articles I've got pulled up for us. We're going to start out with a little bit of fun, and let's play with some dolls while we're at it, right? Okay, Bratz dolls. Are you all familiar with those? I know I am. Uh, Two of my nieces really enjoy playing with Bratz dolls. Uh, One of them even kind of adapted that style for her art. But anyways, uh, Bratz bucks haters and helps queer youth with new protesting girlfriend pair is the headline here on lgbtqnation.com. Uh, Daniel Villarreal writing for them yesterday, Saturday, May 28th, 2022. While conservatives rage at Disney and Fisher Price for acknowledging queer people, Bratz, the popular line of 10-inch fashion dolls, is leaning full into Pride Month by unveiling a pair of rainbow-clad girlfriends who are unapologetically queer. Yeah. Okay, the couple, Roxy and Nevra, uh, actually debuted as girlfriends during Pride Month 2020, but Bratz has brought them back and made them queerer than ever for 2022. Even better, Bratz's parent company, MGA Entertainment, has pledged a $25,000 donation to the LGBTQ suicide hotline, The Trevor Project. So, yeah, it could be rainbow washing. It could actually be true sentiments and all that from the uh, the the upper echelons of the company. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. Roxy and Nevra, two limited edition dolls that cost $79. Yes, you heard that right. $79. Come with accessories, including a pink megaphone, a heart-shaped fan, a mirror ball, and two protest signs that say, I can't even think straight, and queer and unapologetic for the Pride event in their fictional hometown of Stylesville. Uh, this collaboration is a love letter to the LGBTQ plus community, says Jimmy Paul, the designer who created the girlfriend's fashions, many of whom have been inspired by Bratz since childhood to live their truth. My hope is that the collection brings a glimpse of hope and power and serves as a reminder of both the vibrancy of the community and the gravity of LGBTQ plus affairs today. 
So, yeah, you can read that whole article if you want over on uh, LGBTQNation.com. I'll be sharing that link, of course, to the Facebook page for Lavender Hill. All righty. Well, are we going to keep it good or are we just going to find out how much more annoying people are out there? Um, so let's see here. Yeah, we, 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 we've talked a lot about uh, trans youth in public schools here in the U.S. And we've also talked a lot about trans conversion therapy in the U.K. Let's kind of combine schools in uh, the U.K. out of that and uh, go to pinknews.co.uk, uh, an article by Josh Milton, also from Saturday, May 28, 2022. Uh, let see here. British schools do not have to affirm trans youth, such as by using their pronouns, according to Attorney General Swilla Braverman. Uh, she told the Times that teachers have no legal requirements to support trans and non-binary pupils by letting them use the toilets or wear the school uniform that aligns with their gender. Yes, in the UK, school uniforms. Uh, Braverman blasted schools' unquestioning approach to trans youth, saying they should take a much firmer line, quote-unquote, by treating trans youth as the gender they were assigned at birth. It would be outrageous for educators not to have the right to question a child's gender identity because under 18s cannot legally change their gender, Braverman said. School in, schools in no way have to accommodate trans youth. Okay, so here you are, Attorney General there in the UK, and you are saying, no, we don't have to respect people's choices. Yeah, you're talking about youth. You're talking about under-18s, as you put it. They're people, too. Anyways, uh, you can read that whole article if you want to by going to pinknews.co.uk and uh, you know, slog through some of the stuff like uh, this particular attorney general hails J.K. Rowling as a heroine. Addict, maybe. Nope, I didn't start implying that. Uh, so, yeah, you can, mm, wow, not what I was expecting right now. Not at all. So, yeah, this is going to be an interesting little fallout from this one, I believe, over there in the UK. Of course, we do have, you know, Boris there in the Prime Minister's office. So we'll just have to wait to see how long things take before they really fall apart there. He is kind of like UK's Trump. And speaking about people sticking their foot in it, and we'll come back to the U.S. for this one, a congressman, this is an article that I didn't get to last week, but one that I felt was kind of important. A congressman asked a doctor, what is a woman during an abortion hearing? And it backfired spectacularly. This is an article from pinknews.co.uk. A Republican congressman asked the tired and loaded question what is a woman at a hearing on abortion access and it backfired beautifully a house judiciary committee hearing on abortion rights was held on wednesday the 18th in light of this month's supreme court leak which revealed a draft opinion that would overturn the 1973 decision of roe v wade which ruled that abortion access was a constitutional right 
one that we need to codify into law. Thank you, Congress. Uh, the hearing, uh, titled Revoking Your Rights, the Ongoing Crisis in Abortion Care Access, explored the implications of overturning Roe v. Wade, and a panel of expert witnesses, including Dr. Uh, Yashika Robinson, a Robinson, pardon me, a board-certified OBGYN and board member with Physicians for Reproductive Health. During the hearing, Robinson described the difficulties already faced by pregnant people across the U.S. caused by restrictions on abortion access and added, quote, It is undeniable that without access to abortion, maternal mortality rates will continue to rise. I cannot emphasize enough that abortion is essential health care, end quote. Despite uh, Robinson being the only medical professional on the panel and hearing having limited time to learn from her expertise on abortion access, North Carolina Republican Representative Dan Bishop asked the doctor to define the word woman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Womanhood has no concrete and universally agreed upon definition in either law or medicine, and women's experiences of their gender are vastly diverse and complex. Further, not all people who seek abortions are women. And so the loaded question was irrelevant to the hearing. Nevertheless, Bishop asked, in your written testimony, I noticed you said that you use she, her pronouns. You're a medical doctor. What's a woman? Robinson began to tell Bishop that it was important for you to understand why I said I use she, her pronouns. But Bishop interrupted her and asked again, what is a woman? I think it's important, she replied, that we educate people like you about why we're doing the things that we do. So the reason I use she and her pronouns is because I understand that there are people who become pregnant that may not identify that way, and I think it is discriminatory to speak to people or to call them in such a way as they desire not to be called. It's important that we respect each individual person. Bishop would not, of course, be deterred and plowed right on in. Can you answer my question of what is a woman? I'm a woman, said Robinson. Is that a comprehens- Is that as comprehensive as a, of a definition as you can give me, he, he asked. Expertly shutting him down, the good doctor said, that's as comprehens- comprehensive of a definition as I will give you today, because I think that it's important that we focus on what we're here for in his talk about access to abortion. Booyah, mic drop. I think she definitely made a point there. All right, so you can read the article as well as the uh, uh, linked information by going to pinknews.co.uk. There is uh, much more to the article than what I addressed there for you. Uh, But it is almost time to take a bottom-of-the-hour break. And when we come back from that, we are going to hear from Summer Osborne with um, a uh, spoken word intro to a song that we're going to hear as well that I hope you enjoy. So let's go ahead and take this break and be back in just a little bit. 
All righty. Well, that seems like a perfect opportunity to say thank you to all of those who have continued to be part of the solution in keeping community radio going strong here in Lincoln, Nebraska. So a huge thank you to all of those who pledged and donated during the month of May for the Give to Lincoln Fund Drive and the Give to Lincoln Day, which was this past Thursday. KZUM brought in well over $46,000, uh, all of which goes towards the matching uh pool the uh, proportional percentage match there from uh, the Lincoln Community Foundation. So uh, we've got a lot of stuff lined up to celebrate that this summer, including the uh, Stransky Park Concert Series, a uh, brand new news program Saturday mornings, and of course we'll keep giving you the awesome music and the talk programming that we have already here on KZOM. Glad to be part of both of those music and talk programs. All righty. Well, this man is obviously not part of the solution that I'm going to be talking about next. An article on LGBTQNation.com from Friday, May 27th, 2022. Daniel Villarreal writing for them again. Uh, headline reads, Man hated the word queer so much he tried to set fire to an LGBTQ bar. A 25-year-old man named uh, Calvin Garcia has admitted he set a fire near the queer bar an LGBTQ drinking establishment in Seattle, Washington, because the word queer made him angry. Garcia now faces hate crime charges, including up to a 10-year sentence in prison and a $250,000 fine. On February 24, 2020, Garcia set fire to a dumpster in the alley directly behind the bar. Uh, and uh, to quote him here... Uh, I think it's wrong that we have a bunch of queers in our society, Garcia reportedly told officers, adding that the word queer on the front of the bar angered him. A few weeks after the incident, he reportedly told a stranger that he had hoped to trap and hurt the people inside, according to the U.S. Justice Department. Garcia endangered countless people who he did not know and who were simply trying to live their lives solely because of his own hatred, said U.S. Attorney Brown. Uh, we must stand up to this hate at every opportunity to demonstrate to our community that acting on hate will not be tolerated. While Garcia's actions didn't result in any deaths, injuries, or extensive damage, his actions are a grim reminder that LGBTQ spaces remain under attack. <coughs> Pardon me. In the past, arsonists have been more successful in destroying, in destroying queer spaces and lives. In April, an arson at Brooklyn LGBTQ nightclub, Rash, broke out an hour before the start of an event featuring queer and trans performers. The fire injured two people and completely destroyed the venue. A man named John Loda was later arrested and charged with setting the blaze. In June 2019, an arsonist burned rainbow flags outside New York's own black-owned gay bar. Only black-owned gay bar, pardon me. In December 2013, about 750 people were celebrating New Year's Eve at a popular gay nightclub in Seattle when uh, Musab Muhammad Mazmari poured gasoline on a carpeted stairway instead of the blaze. No one, fortunately, was injured. Uh, Mazmari was later arrested and claimed to have been too drunk to remember setting the fire. But... The deadliest arson attack on a gay bar is undoubtedly the June 1972 fire at the Upstairs Lounge in New Orleans' French Quarter. 
The blaze killed 32 people. Some of their bodies were never claimed by their families who may have felt humiliated by their dead relatives' patronage of the bar. The arsonist poured a flammable liquid on the wooden stairway to the crowded second floor lounge and lit it. The arsonist was never caught. So, yes, it's still an unsolved crime there. All right, that was the entirety of that article there by Daniel Villarreal on LGBTQNation.com. Hope that actually makes you stop and think a little bit about what may be going on in the world today. All right, well, before I delve into anything else or before I play you any music here, thought I would take a moment to remind you that we are just, you know, hours away basically now from the official start to Pride Month 2022. As you heard Dan talk earlier in the show, uh, Star City Pride is still taking signups for volunteers to help out with the festival. With between 600 and 800 hours of volunteer time available, there's plenty of opportunity. Uh, and, you know, they're pushing that hours of availability there, I believe, because they can officially sign off if you have uh, court-ordered or school-directed volunteer time. Uh, so, you know, keep your options open there, especially if your school whether it be uh, a public school, private school, or a uh, uh, college or university is pushing for those volunteer hours because it's a great way to not only help the community and be involved, but a great way to meet some of those uh, requirements there for your education. And while we're talking about that, I want to remind you all that the morning of the festival, you know, the 18th, of June is the Star City Pride Parade, the second annual in-person Star City Pride Parade, third parade, if you will, because the first one wound up being virtual thanks to COVID. I have the honor of being one of the MCs for this year's parade, so I'm looking forward to seeing all those wonderful smiling faces in the crowd as uh, you know we watch all these wonderful organizations, businesses, and individuals march around the Capitol building. I'll be visiting again with uh, some members of Star City Pride's uh, volunteer board, uh, talking every Sunday up until Pride about what's coming up, what's going on, and how you too can get involved and all that fun stuff. So I think I've rambled long enough on that one, but other than to remind you to check out starcitypride.org for more information about what's going on with this year's Star City Pride, including that pre-Pride celebration on Thursday the 16th at the official hotel of Star City Pride. All righty, let's go ahead and get some more music taken care of here for you as I make sure that I've got everything set up for the top of the hour. Uh, I'm going to be uh, sitting in with Deb playing musical tag for a, a good portion of the women's show this weekend. So uh, let's see here. I want to make sure that I get things queued up right here music-wise for you. So here we go. Let's have a little queen in the lap of the gods off of their Deep Cuts album. All righty there, a little queen within the lap of the gods revisited from deep cuts. All righty, so here we go. I've got a new one for you. At least it uh, was new to me for the most part, other than I believe Corwin may have mentioned this back in the day when he was on the show. Have you ever heard of the gender identity term nutois? 
Yes, it is French. Uh, an article on LGBTQNation.com goes into a, uh, a little explanation of Nutois, as well as uh, talking about more in regards to the non-binary population within the LGBTQIA, etc. Soji community. So, uh, Matthias Walsh, writing for LGBTQNation.com, Saturday, May 28th, 2022. While terms like non-binary and gender fluid have made their way into mainstream discussions in recent years, there are other similar terms that remained elusive, including the gender identity nutois. So what does nutois mean, and what pronouns do nutois-identified people prefer to use? Well, that's what this article is about. Uh, most experts will tell you that there is no definitive, definitive description for the term nutois as each person who identifies as such has a different way of experiencing their gender. But generally speaking, Nutois people tend to feel genderless or as if their internal gender is, as the term suggests, neutral. As such, some Nutois people also identify with the terms null gender or agender. Nutois is also sometimes described as the absence of gender. The term is fairly new and can be traced back to H.A. Burnham, uh, pronounce Z here. Uh, according to the site Nutois.com, Z coined the term in 1995 to give a name to herself and other people with feelings of gender absence and resulting misalignment. Uh, Burnham also described herself as a non gendered class. It wasn't until the 20 teens at the height of Tumblr's popularity that the term became more widely used. Tumblr pages such as Gender Queer ID, and there's a link in the article for that, would share posts and resources on what it meant to be Nutois. One post, dated April 8, 2011, states that many feel Nutois is a gender like a third gender, while others feel agendered. What they have in common is that they wish to minimize their birth gender markers. So, yeah, a little bit of uh, stuff there for you. Okay, so the non-binary umbrella, the article goes on, um, with a far from comprehensive list, but these are ones that many of us may be at least slightly familiar with uh, for the non-binary umbrella. Uh, so going A to X here, agender. Uh, described as identifying as neither man nor woman or having no gender. By gender, this is when you identify with two distinct genders. Boy, that's B-O-I, this can be described as a kind of masculine identity, identity that is not aligned with cis-hetero norms. Demigendered. Uh, this gender identity describes those who have a partial connection to one gender. This includes the partially female demigirl and the partially male demiboy. Gender fluid. This describes those who gender whose gender identity fluctuates over time. Gender queer. This is a general term that can be used to describe someone who has a non-normative gender identity and expression. Polygender. Also known as pangender. Polygender describes those who identify with multiple or all genders at once. Transfeminine. This one should be quite obvious to you. This term usually describes people who are assigned male at birth, but identify more closely with a femininity. And transmasculine, being those who are assigned female at birth, but feel a stronger inclination towards the male gender. 
And then you have X gender. This is a kind of neutral gender identity that originated in Japan. X gender folks feel they are neither male nor female. So somewhat similar to nettoie. Alrighty, so that's just a general breakdown with some information for you. There's much more to the article, and there's going to be a lot more that you'll be coming across in the coming uh, days and weeks as we move into and through Pride Month. Uh, so if you're more and more interested in stuff like that, keep your eyes open for all that. All righty. Well, one last thing that I want to address since it is graduation season. Uh, one graduating student in Florida decided to kind of fight back, if you will, and defy the governor's don't say gay law. Uh, and he said it all right, and he said it loud and proud, too, as this Florida high school student uh, was waving a pride flag and came out at graduation. Uh, William Harless uh, decided to come out. He knew when he would do it. That's what he was telling himself. While he'd been considering coming out since he attended middle school in West Virginia, the high school senior realized that he needed to be loud and proud as graduation approached. So the Florida senior waved a pride flag as he strode the stage to get his diploma in defiance of the state's Don't Say Gay law. Uh, he's quoted as saying to local news, the reason I chose graduation to come out is because I really wanted to stay true to myself because graduation is all about your achievements. And you can't really acknowledge your, your achievements if you're not acknowledging your true self. Feels amazing, like a weight has been taken off my shoulders, he continued. I have really been able to stay true to myself because I no longer feel like I don't need to hide a part of myself. I feel genuinely free. And of course, he definitely started his uh, post high school career by thumbing his nose at authority there and yeah, I don't really blame him there. Alrighty, well I am getting ready to head th hand things over to Deb Anderson with the Women's Show. It looks like she's uh, coming through the door right now and Vic Valverde is here to do an interview segment it looks like. So let's see what all we've got going on with that. If I can real quick bring that up here. Uh, and like I said, I'm going to be hanging out for a while doing some musical tag with her as well. Uh, Vic is going to be interviewing Ella Harp uh, uh, on the Sweethearts and Badasses of America, Kana, Americana and Beyond segment. And I'll be hanging out with her for musical tag. So stay tuned for the women's show. Uh, and all the other wonderful programming here on KZUM. And I want to remind you, even if you missed out on the opportunity to donate during the Give to Lincoln Fund Drive, you can still, anytime, donate to KZUM to help keep community radio going. You can do that online at kzum.org. Just click that Donate button there on the homepage. And while you're there, go ahead and pop out that player and take us with you on your mobile device or on your laptop or personal computer. Pipe us through those... Uh, uh, network speakers you have at home or the office and enjoy some great community radio. All righty, let's go ahead and go into some Judy Small. Uh, you know, great uh, musician to go into at this time of year off of her Let the Rainbow Shine. This is Country Town Gay Time Blues. 